This is your public radio station, 91.3 FM, KUAF, a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. And this is Ozarks at Large for Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. I'm Matthew Moore. And I'm Timothy Dennis. On today's show, Parker Millsap, the songwriter, will perform later this week at George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville. I'll talk with him in our second half hour. Plus, our militant grammarian returns to help us distinguish between when and whenever. Those stories and more ahead on this edition of Ozarks at Large. Up first today, Queer is a Mid-South juried art exhibition showing at Phoenix Arts at Mount Sequoia Center in Fayetteville. The exhibit opens at 5 p.m. this Thursday with an artist panel set for 6 p.m. Friday, June 3rd. Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich provides a preview. Phoenix Visual and Performing Arts Center, a diverse and inclusive nonprofit arts collective located at Mount Sequoia Center in Fayetteville, is hosting Queer, an exhibit comprised of LGBTQ plus artists from across the Mid-South. Pat Hennen is co-producer of the exhibit with gallery director Laurie Foster and Jewel Hayes. Hennen and Hayes and several artists agreed to meet last week. Hennen's building on an exhibit they co-curated last year titled Pronouns, featuring transgender artists. It's a broad view of, uh, really, of LGBTQ plus culture. Of 27 artists who applied to exhibit in queer, 23 were selected by juror Brad Cushman, University of Arkansas Little Rock gallery director and curator and studio artist. Over 40 pieces will be on display, much of it photographic, including works by noted Eureka Springs artist John Rankin, as well as Dan Holtmeyer, Amber Emery, Joshua Brindley, Jen Terrell, Michael Carter, Helen Merringer, Denise Cummings, and Jake Halbert. Fine arts will also be featured, including freehand digital prints by Aaron Blight and several remarkable colored pencil and graphite renderings on Bristol paper by Rachel Trusty. Pat Hennen will show two abstract figure oil paintings portraying gender, non-binary relationships. Tara Fletcher Gibbs has created a fiber montage of pride flags from around the world. Is made out of punch needle, which is acrylic yarn on monk's cloth. According to her artist's statement, Gibbs' work is fueled by insatiable curiosity and a Bob Ross level of optimism. Trans artist and activist Jewel Hayes from Fayetteville hand-carved a three-foot by two-inch staff from Black Walnut. Called uh, To In Love With Community, um, I used a draw knife, a dremel tool, and a sand to carve this staff, and um, it was based partly off the staff of Iris, who um, is the beholder of the rainbow. She's like the personification of the rainbow representing for some gay pride. It will both be hung for the general show, but during the artist talk, we'll pass it around, I believe, to uh, give everyone a chance to speak about their truth and how they are a unique part of the community. The moderated artist's talk is scheduled the following evening, June 3rd at 6 p.m. in the gallery. The public's invited to participate. On July 16th, as part of the queer exhibition, a performance art event will take place in the large hall adjacent to Phoenix Gallery from 7 to 9 p.m. My name is Leela Bisam, and um, I am part of Warp and Weft, which is the multi-dimensional performance art show that Pat is directing that will be in July. Poet Deanna Starshine, who also teaches physics and astronomy at the University of Arkansas, will perform. I'm going to be doing three poems, uh, and then um, Leela will be doing one as well. One poem is called Yes, about the 2015 Obergefell decision. Uh, one is about my birth town, it's called Holy Parsons. One is called Luna Lysurgia, uh, which is about three different acid trips, just say no. And um, then the one that Leela will be voicing is called To the Trans Youth of America. Yeah, my name is Skylar Conover. I am a musician and I uh, submitted two of my original songs, uh, uh, The Closet and Journey Home. 
Um, one's going to be starting out the show, and one's going to be a little bit later on. And um, I live in Rogers. I'm a uh, trans musician as well, so a lot of my, my work um, relates to experiences that a lot of people don't get to have, and they, they kind of help add some humanity to the trans experience. Kate Capdeville from Fayetteville will recite a poem called Lamp. And the poem really breaks down this metaphor um, that talks about unrequited love and feeling inadequate. Poet Bethany Douglas will recite some work as well. My poem's name is Eden, and it's just my experience as um, a queer woman being raised in religion. Deanna Starshine. Uh, yeah, so the show is going to include piano and poetry and movement and even some face and body painting all going on at the same time. There won't be any real distinction among the elements. They're all going to be happening at the same time. With a focus, um, uh, of course, we're going to try to draw the audience's eyes and ears from one uh, place to the next. Uh, but there's not going to be, say, a section of dance and a section of music and a section of poetry. It's all going to come, uh, it's all growing organically. Also performing are Lauren Leonard on cello and Abby Howard on piano. An opening art reception for Queer is set for June 2nd at 5 p.m., which will coincide with Fayetteville's first Thursday events on the town square. The Artists' Roundtable Talk is set the following night, Friday, June 3rd at 6 p.m., the gallery is located in Mount Sequoia Center's Miller Lodge at 150 Skyline Drive. Queer will be on display through July 30th. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Jacqueline Froelich. This is Ozarks at Large. After last week's shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, where a gunman killed 19 students and two teachers, Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson appeared on CBS's Face the Nation to speak about preventing mass shootings in the future. Governor Hutchinson says one of the takeaways from the latest shooting is the need for improved training of security. You have to have multiple layers of security to protect the children. And there's also the factor of human error, and that's the reason that you've got to have different layers. You can't rely upon just one technique. School safety is something that we all have to focus on coming out of the incredible tragedy that we see in Uvalde. Hutchinson says he is against banning assault weapons like the AR-15. The governor says he believes this type of ban could cause more harm than good, adding it's more important to identify and pursue the culprits involved in mass shootings. Four years ago, Hutchinson created the Arkansas School Safety Commission after a shooting at a high school in Florida. He said he will meet the head of the commission and Arkansas's education secretary to discuss possible revisions to recommendations issued then. The Arkansas Department of Commerce is planning to hire a director for its office overseeing the expansion of high-speed internet service in the state. State lawmakers recently approved creating the position with a salary of up to $200,000. Commerce Secretary Mike Preston says a director is needed to guide the many moving parts involved in expanding broadband service. To hire some additional staff to evaluate the proposals coming in. So, um, you know, we've done a lot of work in the last two years. What we know is that we've got a lot of work left to do. We're going to be able to bring in a, a point person that can uh, help quarterback and see this through. Um, so it's going to be a big role, a big responsibility, uh, but it's one that is definitely needed within the state. Broadband Development Group, a company hired by the state to make recommendations, says it will cost about a half billion dollars to expand service to about 110,000 households. One-time funding approved by Congress from the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act will help cover the cost. Governor Asa Hutchinson has said expanding broadband service is vital for the state's future. Ozarks at Large is underwritten, in part, by the Walton Family Charitable Support Foundation. KUAF is supported by Fayetteville Animal Shelter and Services, supported by the City of Fayetteville, and dedicated to the welfare of animals and the people who associate with them. Information at 444-3456 or Fayetteville Animal Services on Facebook. This is Ozarks at Large. I'm Matthew Moore. It is Tuesday, a day we normally hear from our militant grammarian, Catherine Schurlds. Today is no exception. She recently talked with Ozarks at Large's Kyle Kellums and helps us distinguish between two words often used interchangeably in relation to time. I moved from the Arkansas Delta to the hills of north central Arkansas when I was a junior in high school. 
that doesn't seem like such a great distance, but when it came to language, I discovered some real differences. Mm-hmm. Now, you grew up in north central Arkansas, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. What, at Mountain Home? Well, I went to Mountain Home Schools on Bull Shoals Lake in a little town called Lakeview. Uh-huh. Um, so let's see if your classmates and family spoke the same dialect. Oh, okay. What's a towhead? Blonde-headed kid. Of course. Well, I thought it was, and... Merriam-Webster defines it that way as a person with very light blonde or untidy hair. I didn't know about the untidy mm-hmm. thing. Dating from the 1800s. T-O-W, toe, is the light-colored fiber of flax, hemp, or jute. Mm-hmm. But my very blonde boyfriend believed it meant bastard. I bet I I have a theory. Why? Because when I did hear toe-headed, I often heard it in a sort of angry term. Yeah. Pejorative, like, yeah. Yeah, pejorative, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, um, I learned what he thought when I called him a toe head. <laughs> uh, he was blonde. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, very blonde. <laughs> I, I've looked it up and I can't find any other reference to it having the bastard meaning, so maybe he was misinformed, but I like your theory, yeah. However, another linguistic anomaly that I experienced was that people seldom use the word when. It was always whenever, and you're smiling. Whenever is one of my favorite multi-purpose words. <laughs> oh gosh! Um, now, right, right between the ellipses, right? <laughs> oh, I'm sure they have. They have partnered hey, up before. Met, huh? um, and yeah, so I whenever. Yeah. <laughs> I use it whenever. Whenever. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever. I don't think I do necessarily so much on the air, but I love using it. Uh-huh. Colloquially. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. maybe I do, too. So my friend in north central Arkansas might say, whenever I told you I like Gary, I meant for you to keep it a secret. Well, whenever just doesn't fit there. Whenever I told you, she either did or she didn't, right? There was a definite time. Sure. <laughs> I know what she oh, means. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to discuss when versus whenever. And like our bring-take conversation last month, we're going to find out that we can justify using either in many sentences. Whenever. (laughs) Ready? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Whenever. Yes. (laughs) So, Kyle, when do you use when? Okay. You're you're supposed Uh to use when uh, to signify, how would I put this, a, a time that a task will happen, like, when you go to the grocery store, get asparagus. The time is known. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Or and it says, or if the event is unique, I had to look around mm. for an example of that. But it, um, for instance, when I told when I told you I like Gary, the time is known. It's in the past. That was at that party. Yeah. Whatever. She loved to ride horses when she was a youngster. Sure. Okay. That's a unique time. It's not specific, but it tells you when she was a, a youngster. Okay. And, and she was only a youngster once, so that's unique. I'm not going to hijack your, your agenda here, but I have a question what? then about the grocery store example oh, okay. I used. What? If I were to say whenever you go to the grocery store, that could mean you might be going tomorrow, you might be going Absolutely. Tuesday. Sure, that's but fine, because that's go. not known. Okay. It's right. a not a known time. All right. All right, Kyle, when do you use Whenever. When I don't know <laughs> the time. It's best used for repeated events or events whose date or time is uncertain. Now, here's here's a good one. If you can substitute every time that or at whatever time that in your sentence, then whenever is preferred. Okay. Okay, let me just... Let's go back to go, when someone told... Go to the grocery? No, go back to Gary. All right. Whenever I told you about Gary. Yeah. Could that mean, I don't remember when I told you about liking Gary? Yeah, but it doesn't make sense with the rest of the sentence. All right. right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a stretch. Okay. (laughs) Because you couldn't say every time that I told you about Gary, if it was only once. Of course, with teenagers, it probably wasn't just once. Yeah, that's okay. I I follow you. Or at whatever time I told you. Right, right. Good point. Okay. Um, when, when can often substitute for whenever, but sure. generally not the other way around. Whenever. Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever I get my hands in dishwater, the phone rings. 
Because that every time that I right yes. Mm-hmm. Um, how would when I get my hands in dishwater be different? You, I, to me, to my ear, you're talking about the future. Like when I get my hands in that dishwater yeah. here in a few minutes, yeah, exactly. the phone's going to ring. That's the way I feel. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and what about this pair? When whenever you decide to begin exercising, I will be your walking buddy. You've been talking about this for a long time. You know, if it's next month, I'm ready to go. When you decide to begin exercising. At that moment, when when you rise off the couch. I, I think it really means both, but this mm. is an example of which one's acceptable. And it says when is acceptable, but whenever is preferred to convey the meaning that whatever time that you do that. Yeah, I follow that. Yeah. To illustrate that when can seldom be replaced with whenever, the show will begin Friday evening whenever the clock strikes seven. Well, we know when the clock's going to strike seven. Unless you're at some weird (laughs) place where they just randomly set the clocks. (laughs) Yeah, but you're right. You're right. The clock should strike seven at seven. legitimately strikes seven. How's that? Well, (laughs) and then why can't you just say when it's seven? Yeah, I mean, you well, know. yeah, right. you know, the, right. these are all, of course, of twisted course. around to illustrate. Yes. Okay, now let's look at the versatility of the word when. Mm-hmm. When has multiple functions. It can be used as an adverb, conjunction, pronoun, or noun. Are you excited, mm, Kyle? Just the... thrilled because I guess I'm going to get to. Okay. Basically, we're going to do some mental sentence diagramming. <laughs> okay, how is the word when? used in this sentence. Monday is the day when I take my dog for a walk. Adverb, conjunction, pronoun, or noun? It's not a noun. Mm-mm. When I, uh, Monday is the day when I take my dog for a walk. Well, it's not a, okay, what are my other choices? Adverb, conjunction, pronoun. I'm going to say conjunction. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to, is it? What's the main attribute of Adverb. It tells. Well, an adverb is sort of a modifier for yeah. a verb. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. or an adjective or a noun. But right, not, right, right, right. Not a noun, but I don't say noun. Um, when. It tells when. So and sometimes when is, it tells how. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but it also tells when. So in this sentence, when is telling when? Yeah. We got it, all it meta adjective, here? Adverb, okay. yeah. Adverb. So all it's right. an adverb, yeah. Okay. Um it's an adverb because it okay. modifies a, a verb, an adjective or another adverb, by indicating the time. Oof. Monday is when, sure. denoting the day the verb sure. take is performed. Of right. All right. Okay. This one's a little trickier. Excited about oh, that? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Tell me when you're finished. What is when? It's adverb, conjunction, pronoun, or noun. It's not a pronoun. I'm very good at identifying what okay. they're not. Well, it's not. Well, you're uh, right there. Okay. <laughs> and you can probably figure out there's only one of each kind. Oh, oh. Tell me when you're finished. Is that, was that mm-hmm. the sentence? Mm-hmm. Tell me okay, it's not telling me. It's not telling me when. So it's not an adverb. It's not a conjunction? It is. Okay. It that is. was my process of elimination. But now, I... I would never have figured that out myself. Yeah, if it didn't, had not been multiple choice, mm-hmm. I would not have told you well, that. Well, so, but I wouldn't have figured it out, but I, once I saw it, I said, oh, yeah. Right. Okay, so the way you've dis- what, what does a conjunction do? It connects. Right, okay. Well, the way I can explain it as a conjunction is um, a, a normal conjunction, you know, is and, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, text me and we'll go. Let's use that. Sure. Okay. okay. All right. Text me, is that a complete sentence? Yes. Yes. Yes, so it is. Understood you, yes. right? Right. We'll go. Is that a complete sentence? We will go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Right. So you've got, when you put two complete sentences, or they're called independent clauses, right. together, you have to have a conjunction between them. Sure. So when becomes a conjunction? That is... And that aside, I never would have gotten no, that. Yeah, no, exactly. No, it, yeah. You want me there by when? You want me there by when? That is obviously not a conjunction. 
Yeah, we've already done that one. Well, but, I mean. <laughs> pronoun a, and noun is what we have left. Well, there it's a pronoun. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Right? No, that's right. Pronoun and noun. What? It, do you want to be there by when would be a pronoun? It most certainly is. In because it's substituting, exactly. it's standing in. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. And um, we know it's either a noun or a pronoun if we weren't already, you know, throwing things out. Right. Because uh, of the word by. What is by? By would be, I want to say a preposition. That's right. Okay. And so it creates a prepositional phrase, and you have to have an object of the preposition, and the object of the preposition can only be a noun. Wow, or See, this, pronoun. Is, this pronoun. is when getting into diagramming sentences really, you really dig deep. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, you know, nobody does it anymore, but um, but that's how you can figure things out. You go, oh, well, there's a preposition. I've right. got to have a noun or a pronoun. Right. So it's a pronoun because okay. it stands in place of the real time that you should be there. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, we, so if it had said, you want me there by dawn, dawn is a noun, clearly. Yes. Right. By Dawn, so by when. Just like she fills in for Catherine, exactly. when is filling in for Dawn. Exactly. Very good. Finally, mm. I, one I had to research for a while before I understood it. How is the word when used in this sentence? She spends hours contemplating the how and when of life. Oh, there it's a noun. It is. Yeah. And why is it? Well, I mean, it's a thing. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's something that she's right. content. Yeah. So how Contem- is a noun and when is a noun? Contemplated, um, contemplating, it, it uh, sets up a direct object uh, situation. And, you have, and if you have a direct object, you have to have a noun or a pronoun. That is awesome. So, yeah. Ain't grammar fun. <laughs> our militant grammarian is Catherine Sherlds. Ozarks at Large's Kyle Kellams recently talked to our militant grammarian Catherine Sherlds inside the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studio at KUAF. The Arkansas Razorback baseball team has clinched its spot in the NCAA tournament for the 33rd time in program history. The news came despite the Razorbacks' elimination from the SEC tournament Friday with a 7-5 loss to Florida. Arkansas will be the number two seed in the Stillwater Regionals, taking place this weekend. The Razorbacks are joined by number one seed, Oklahoma State, number three seed, Grand Canyon, and number four seed, Missouri State. This marks the first time since 2015 the Hogs will play an NCAA regional on the road, and also the first time since 2015 they'll play a regional in Stillwater. Arkansas opens tournament play against Grand Canyon University Friday, with first pitch scheduled for noon. And the Arkansas Razorback softball team has ended their season. Fourth-ranked Arkansas fell to number 18, Texas 3-0 Saturday in Game 3 of the Fayetteville Super Regional. Though the season is over, it was a momentous one for Arkansas softball. The Bogle Bombers finished their season with a program-best 48 wins, and the team's season was marked by the program's first outright SEC title and its first SEC tournament crown. Head coach Courtney Diefel became just the second coach in the league to be named SEC Coach of the Year two years in a row. The team finished the season with a 19-5 record in conference play. The Lunch Hour, KUAF's monthly concert series, returns June 10th with a performance by Honey Collective and food from Cafe Rue Orleans. Doors open at noon and music begins at 1220. Space is limited. Registration and more information at KUAF.com. The Lunch Hour is sponsored by George's Majestic Lounge Happy Hour Concerts, a Fayetteville tradition for over 40 years. More at georgeslive.com. This is Ozarks at Large. I'm Timothy Dennis. This Thursday, Oklahoma native Parker Millsap will return to George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville. The show will be his first time back in the area with a full band since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic put tours and shows for many musicians on hold. I recently reached Parker by phone to get a preview of this week's show and to talk about his latest album. I first asked him whether his roots in rural Oklahoma have had an impact on his songwriting. I was in a small town where there wasn't too much going on. I had a lot of just free time to to play guitar, you know. I feel like if it had been a lot busier, I wouldn't have had time to just sit around and play guitar. And, you know, that's how how I learned to write songs. (laughs) It's just sitting around and playing guitar 
with an open-ended schedule until something, something comes out. I'll say it's So your latest full-length album, Be Here Instead, it's got a little bit of everything on it. You've got some rockers, you've got some slow, sweet songs, a few psychedelic meditations, electronic back ballads. What was your inspiration behind the songs on that album? A lot of the songs on the new record, I was kind of trying to find new ways to approach songwriting. I mean, I mentioned that I learned to write by just kind of like sitting around playing guitar uh, until something comes out. And with the newest record, I was trying to uh, find other ways in the door to a new song so I started using my iPad a lot to do like demos with overdubs and it has all these built-in sounds on it so I could uh, play with synthesizers and stuff like that like while I was writing uh, and I'd never really incorporated like the recording process into the writing process before but I, I did a lot of that to, to get to the songs and I think because I was maybe more focused on the music on the front end the lyrics ended up being a little more personal because they were uh like I was focused on music and then once I had something that I liked it's like okay now what do I want to say and then I would just try to write down whatever popped into my head which is a little different from how I've written in the past like in the past I've written a lot of stuff that's from other people's perspectives if you will not necessarily from my own perspective but the songs on the new record are definitely from me and about me you know focusing more on the music side and telling stories more from like your perspective, was that a result of just not doing as much because of the pandemic or was it just a natural progression? I think it was just kind of a natural progression. You know, I, I feel like maybe I just have enough experience that I feel is valid now (laughs) to write songs about my own experience. When I was younger, I felt pretty boring, I guess. (laughs) And so I would, you know, tell tell other people's stories and find other perspectives but um lately yeah i've been writing from my own perspective and i I really like it so where is the here that you're referring to in the album title oh that's wherever you are yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like that Um, i like that a lot yeah i think i think that um there's a whole lot of distraction in you know modern life i guess and we're constantly it's like you have to put up a fight to stay present you know billboards cell phones all these things are trying to like pull your brain somewhere else away from the present moment and the place that you are so yeah i wrote that song kind of as a reminder to like get back into my own body and not be too distracted from my own life It's about a year old now, and since you put it out last year, the leading single, uh, The Real Thing, it charted for several weeks. Have you been pleased about the record's performance since it came out? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. We got great support from radio, and my fans showed up and you know bought the record, and we didn't, we didn't get to tour when the record came out because of the pandemic, you know, which is very different. You know, every record I've released so far, like, the day that the record comes out, we're, we're out there for a month or something. Right. Um, but there was like a, oh, I think it was like a five or six month gap between the album release and when we got to tour it. So I was 
really, really happy that we got all the support from radio and from fans on the front end because it meant that we kind of got to ease into things, you know, and then it felt like the album was it kept getting released or something, you know, yeah. like it came out and then it was just out there in the world, but I wasn't getting to go play the songs. But then by the time we went on tour, the record had been out long enough that people knew the songs. So that, that was like really uh, fun and new for me, for people to be singing the new songs back at a show. In the shows that you've played, does it seem like fans are more connected with the music than they were before? Or are they just more hungry uh, for it or anything like that? I think people have always really connected with music, but I think during the pandemic, I, I know I realized, and I think a lot of other people realize too, like how truly important gathering in a group setting and having some creative release together, it, it, like it's vital to the human experience really and when, and when you don't have it for a while and then you come back it's like that much more magical so I, I do think that people really are hungry for live music yeah. and it's like it's a it's a beautiful thing to get in the you know to get in a group of people and do music you're all experiencing the same thing at the same time and like every show is a unique group of people and the show's a little different every night yeah it's magical it's a one-off every time you got something easy, you got something pure. You don't have to tease me, honey, give me some of yours. Give it to me straight, I'll take it on a Diving through your roses, honey, I don't mind the thorns. I don't mind the thorns. won't be your first time in Fable, the show you have coming up in June, but it's the first time you've been back in a little while. Uh, is there anything you're looking forward to about your trip to Arkansas? Hmm, I really like just walking around the, the Fayetteville downtown area. Last time I was there, I uh, bought a few records at a record shop downtown. I forget the name of it, but last time I was there, I got these. Uh, somebody had just come in and sold them like a couple crates full of like U.S. Virgin Islands private press releases. Ooh. So I, it's just like this wonderful electronic, like half electronic, half live band, like Caribbean party music. Oh, um, that's awesome. So, yeah, <laughs> I love that shop. So yeah, that's where you'll probably find me. <laughs> so whenever you're record shopping, is there anything in particular you go hunting for? Or is it just like you're looking at everything and something that jumps out at your eyes, something go grab? It depends, man. I'm a bargain hunter for sure. I don't buy a ton of new vinyl unless it's somebody who's like currently touring like i don't buy a lot of reissues and stuff but i do love to go to like the world music section or whatever you know whether they have it as like world music section or if they have it split up like blue caribbean uh uh, all of that you know that i'm often headed towards that section because i can i just find stuff that i've never heard before i'm very much into finding stuff that makes me confused. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I can appreciate that. my own. Yeah, I just like being surprised, and uh, I'm often surprised by things that I find in the uh, in the world section. I gotta tell you, yes, I just gotta say. Sometimes your meekness isn't a weakness. Sometimes a whisper says it all. It's hard to get close when you won't show him. Takes a whole lot of trust to fall. So you've got to be vulnerable. You try so hard to stay against the wall. I think part of your heart's too. Pulling over hard.
are on tour right now. You've got dates through June uh, as of right now with both full band and solo sets. What else do you have on the horizon? Are you working on new music? Yeah, I'm working on a new record. When I'm not on tour, I'm in the studio for the next couple months working on some new music. And I've already already got a whole bunch of material written, but we're you know going through the process of organizing, arranging, recording, all that. So it'll be a while before it's out, but I'm definitely working on new music. And I'm going to be doing some more full band touring later, like in the late summer and fall as well. That'll be announced in the coming weeks. Shows coming up. You've got a show in Little Rock June 1st. You have one here in Fayetteville June 2nd. Parker, thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. As Parker Millsap speaking with me by phone last month. He and his band will perform Thursday night at Georgia's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville. Tickets are $18 in advance, $20 on Thursday. Doors open at 7, music begins at 8 p.m., and you can find out more about Parker and his music at parkermillsap.com. That's Millsap with two L's, by the way, parkermillsap.com. And a bit more music news today, although of the sad variety. Over the Memorial Day weekend, an Arkansas music legend has died. Ronnie Hawkins died Sunday at age 87. Hawkins, who was born in Huntsville, is most notable for creating the rockabilly band The Hawks, which later turned into the band. According to the Encyclopedia of Arkansas History, Hawkins and his family moved to Fayetteville when he was 10, and he graduated from Fayetteville High School in 1952. While in high school and college, he formed his first bands where he developed his energetic stage persona. In lieu of completing college, though, Hawkins enlisted in the Army and served at Fort Chaffee and at Fort Sill in Oklahoma. After finishing his military service, Hawkins moved to Helena, where he put together the Hawks, including drummer Levon Helm. At the insistence of future country star Conway Twitty, then going by his birth name of Harold Jenkins, the group headed for Canada in 1958. The Hawks went through a number of personnel changes before solidifying their lineup around 1961. Hawkins stayed with the group until 1963, when they left to tour with Bob Dylan. Hawkins lived in Canada for much of the next 60 years, only charting two records in the U.S. in his lifetime. Here's one of those hits, 40 Days, which reached number 45 on the U.S. charts and is a reworking of the Chuck Berry hit, 30 Days. I'm gonna give you 40 days to get back home I done called up a gypsy woman on the telephone I'm gonna sit and got a worldwide hoodoo That'll be the very thing that'll suit you I'm gonna sit and she'll be back home in 40 days Woo! 40 days I'm gonna sit and she'll be back home in 40 days. I'm gonna send out a worldwide hoe, do that, it'll be the very thing that'll suit you. I'm gonna sit and she'll be back home in 40 To the judge in a private early this morning And it took me to the sheriff's office to sign a warning They're gonna go across charge again That'll be the very thing that they'll send I'm gonna say that she'll be back home in 40 days Woo! 40 days 40 days 40 days I'm gonna say that she'll be back home in 40 days I'm gonna say I'm gonna sit and she'll be back home in 40 days. 
in the Hawks with 40 days. Hawkins died Sunday. He was 87. This is Ozarks at Large. It's the Community Spotlight on KUAF. I'm Pete Hartman, joined over the phone by Casey Brandstetter. Casey is Branch Chief of Interpretation at the Buffalo National River. Nice to talk to you, Casey. So happy to be here with you today. Buffalo National River's 50th anniversary celebration continues with some really great events coming up. And what you're doing is celebrating how the river inspires creative artistic endeavors. That's pretty cool. It is. Oftentimes we think about just the recreational benefits that we gain from being outdoors and being at Buffalo National River. Sometimes we don't think about the long-lasting artistic inspiration that people gather from nature. Uh, Things kick off with a night at the Kenda Drive-In. Of course, uh, that drive-in there in Marshall, Arkansas, there's only maybe a few left in the state, and that's such a neat one. We're going to have an opportunity for film enthusiasts of all degrees of experience to showcase their short films at the Kinda Drive-In with us. Um, student films, people who've just grabbed a GoPro and taken it on their trip with them through the Buffalo, or those who've gone a little bit deeper into the editing and tried to create something really unique inspired by Buffalo National River. We'll have it all on the big screen there at the drive-in. Something else taking place the next day, June 10th, Music, Words, and Images of the Buffalo River. This takes place at Buffalo Point Amphitheater, right? It does, yes. So our Buffalo Point campground has a beautiful amphitheater there, and it's a great spot for some of these professional artists to demonstrate the work that they have done. Artists such as Allison Moore, who has created a spoken word piece inspired by the Rush historic district, that ghost town that's in the eastern portion of the park. Of course, the music festival at Tyler Bend Pavilion, that's coming up June 11th. And I know in years past, this has really become a fan favorite. It's going to be a great day. You're right, we've definitely had some different concerts in the past, but this being our 50th anniversary is going to be our largest one. Going all the way from 2.30 to 9 p.m., we'll have different food vendors available there, too. We really encourage folks to bring a blanket, bring some chairs, head out and join us for a full day of festivities. Uh, Y'all have invited a Mexican-American dance group from Springdale. They're going to perform some traditional dances. Uh, This will take place at the Ozark Campground Pavilion. A big important piece of our celebrations throughout the 50th anniversary was to make sure that every single perspective and every single way of enjoying our public land was represented in our celebrations. We're really focusing that here on June 12th on Sunday. Um, This amazing group is going to come in. They have beautiful regalia and costumes that they wear as they perform traditional dances. Some of these dances are inspired by nature and inspired by the beautiful outdoors that we have here at Buffalo River. If you'd like to know more about these events, you can go to nps.gov slash B-U-F-F, or you can check Facebook. Casey, thanks so much for letting us know about this. Looking forward to seeing you this year. The Community Spotlight on KUAF. Your voice matters. Tomorrow, on a Wednesday edition of Ozarks at Large, we get some music picks from the DJs at KXUA, student-run radio at the University of Arkansas. We'll have a longer conversation tomorrow, but we wanted to take just a few minutes to give you a little bit of a preview. KXUA is committed to bringing new music to listeners that fits somewhere not in the ordinary. Here's a preview of tomorrow's conversation Ozarks at Large's Rachel Sanchez-Smith had with KXUA's Sophia Norani and Lydia Fletcher where she asks about the process behind picking music and what top picks they have for us this week. On the page, on the KXUA page, there's mention of like an eclectic vibe for the station. What does that mean? And like, how do we see that in the station and in the programming? I think we coined that pretty early on. I think it's just sort of the best word to describe the variety of music that we have at the station. 
since every DJ sort of, I mean, every DJ is different, a different person, they all have their different tastes in music, and that brings something different to the table each day. And with our music directors, Beth and Lydia, they uh, talk to promoters regularly and pick from a really big variety of um, music from the NACC charts and, and promoters. So yeah, just a very eclectic. It just really, it describes it well. Yeah, I think like with that, one of my goals whenever I'm reviewing music is I try to think about, okay, is what what other radio stations are going to play this? And I prefer to think that none. Well, not none in general of, oh, it's not good music, but like we want to provide something different for Northwest Arkansas and like our worldwide listeners. We want to make sure we're bringing them new music. And so that's what's really amazing about being a music director is that we get direct exposure to like new releases before they're even on streaming platforms. Like I remember this was one we didn't add, but like we got sent Drake's latest album about a week early and I was like, okay, this definitely doesn't fit our vibe because he is top 40, but like, that's really cool. They trust us with that. But like, Music I have been liking, there's so many, but there's this one new artist, um, they're called Sea Lemon, S-E-A for Sea Lemon, and they're very like dream pop, kind of, if you know the band Always, they're very just like singer-songwriter, dream pop, very kind of pulls on that 90s aesthetic that I love, and they released a debut EP that got sent to us, and I was like, this is phenomenal, added the entire thing to the station, which is honestly rare for an album we'll usually only pull maybe four to five tracks we like so getting an entire EP added to the station is like a big accomplishment and that's something that I forgot to mention the top 40 under 40 years or in the past 40 years we have this sort of rule at the station where DJs are instructed to not play the top 40 songs in the past top 40 years to sort of keep that eclectic sort of sound and, um, you know, make sure that we're not playing something that you'd hear on any other radio station. So that's, yeah, that's something I, I was about to, to ask. What are the rules or <laughs> what are the factors that you consider when choosing new music? It's also about radio friendliness. You know, not everyone loves a six minute track. You know, you got to be a special kind of person. I definitely am that person. Like, personal music taste wise but usually if a song is over five minutes it's got to be really something special that was lydia fletcher and sophia norani from kxua speaking with ozarks at large's rachel sanchez smith this and more in tomorrow's edition of ozarks at large you can listen with your radio at 91.3 fm you can stream it online at kuaf.com You can ask your smart speaker to please play KUAF, and you can listen from anywhere with the always free KUAF app for iPhone. It's almost June, and that means summer is just around the corner. Time to kick your feet up, grab some ice cream, go to the pool, take to the friendly skies. And while you take that summer break, we at KUAF know you still want to stay caught up with everything going on in the world. But here's the thing, we can't do that without your support. As our financial year comes to a close on June 30th, we're asking for your contribution to keep the news, music, and entertainment you rely on on the air. This is Ozarks at Large. I'm Kyle Callums. This is your... So while you're hanging up that out-of-office sign, you can rest assured that KUAF will always be on. Make your donation at supportkuaf.com. And thanks. This is your public radio station in northwest and western Arkansas, southwest Missouri, and northeast Oklahoma for more than 37 years. 91.3 FM, KUAF, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Springdale, and Alma. 91.3 FM, KUAF, is a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. And Ozarks at Large is a production of KUAF. I'm Timothy Dennis. And I'm Matthew Moore. Contributors to today's show include Jacqueline Frelick and Kyle Callums. Our militant grammarian is Catherine Sherlds. The Community Spotlight is produced by Pete Hartman inside the Nancy Blair Operations Studio at KUAF. Additional content for today's show came from the hardworking news team at KUAR, Public Radio for Little Rock and Central Arkansas. Our theme is titled The First Hurrah and is written and performed by Daryl Sean. His latest CD is titled Safe in Sound. 
Additional help with today's show came from Rachel Sanchez-Smith. We will be back with you tomorrow at noon and 7 p.m. with another new daily edition of our program. Don't forget you can always catch up on stories, interviews, or full episodes of Ozarks at Large that you missed at ozarksatlarge.com. While you're there, you can find links to share those stories, interviews, or full episodes with friends or family via email or social media. We will end today's show with music from the Sons of Otis Malone. They'll perform this Sunday at Fayetteville Public Library to open this year's Mountain Street Stage Music Series. The concert takes place inside the library's multi-purpose event center, and music begins at 2. Admission is free. This is the Sons of Otis Malone performing Good Woman a few years ago inside of our Furman Garner Performance Studio at the Carver Center for Public Radio. Please, take care of yourself, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for herself And she don't go around Talking bad about Everybody else Oh, a good woman One who's educated But knows that life's been Chasing a dime Just plain related Oh, a good woman On a woman who's satisfied With digging in the dirt By her love America and I'm going back to Arkansas Gonna find a good woman living in the woods and farm with my daddy-in-law Gonna find a good woman living in the woods and farm with my daddy-in-law Arkansas Gonna find a good woman